Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside McLean Boyd, Jay Woodson. Guys, happy to have all three of us back together again. Yeah, I guess no one. I guess no one else is. Make one of us. I'm so happy. <laughs> I almost well, I called in last week. I, didn't want I almost to called in last week. How you were doing? I, that's why I threw that. I copied you on the email with the link just in case you wanted to make an appearance. Yeah, just uh, I was busy. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, I, only, I only called in because I was at my wife's company dinner that I was annoyed with. There. So. and you and you didn't trust McLean and I to do the show by ourselves. No, that's, of course I okay. trusted you. Nah, not really. You know, gotta have an eye in the sky. <laughs> uh, I figured you guys didn't need me. Oh. Uh, yeah, we had a good show. I bet it was a I bet it was a short show. Not really, like an hour and a half. Oh, was it? I didn't yeah. I didn't listen all the way through. I didn't look at the numbers, but yeah. yeah. Okay. It was about an hour and a half, I think. So we're or, we're keeping the standard up. Yeah, absolutely. Two guys, three guys, doesn't matter. That's right. Um everyone for I don't have my mic tonight, so if my sound quality is a little bit lacking, it's because I'm at a hotel in Greater Chattanooga. There you go. So you can blame McLean's sales travels for that one or just not packing it. I guess we can blame that too. You, you can absolutely blame it. But if you saw me <laughs> in the house in the mornings, you'd be like, how the fuck did he even suitcase? I'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, have to turn around for my samples this morning. That was less than three. Yeah. After five, like Tori, it's, it's so funny. Tori has a seven 30 call every Tuesday morning. And for whatever reason, I always schedule Tuesday morning meetings and I tell her about it. And she's just like, you're not leaving that early. I'm like, I have to leave that early. She's like, I have my call. I'm like, ah, that's right. You do have that call. Don't you? It happens. It happens every Tuesday, but I just get in the office and I start scheduling appointments. So I have both kids. I'm getting them ready, getting them out of school, trying to get out the door on time. And I get five minutes down the road. I'm like, I didn't grab my samples, but turn around, go back. Okay. I was still on time. I mean, nothing really negative happened, but at the same time, it's just like, Jesus. What a day. What a just straight chaos. And you guys know how it is when you're trying to get both kids out of this out of the house at the same time, make lunch, feed them both, get them both dressed, brush their teeth, brush their hair. Um it's just, you know. It's I, I was Survi- survival. Survival mode. I was ill prepared that way. Well, with with that being said, what are you drinking? Corona light. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling you might be on it being in a hotel. Yep. Corona light ran up to the racetrack right here around the corner from the downtown Marriott uh, here in Chattanooga and uh, got me a little six pack and now we're ready. All right. Jaybird. Winning. Winning. What do you got, Mikey? Um, shit. What am I drinking? Oh, old elk. Oh, nice. Old Which elk. one? We, nice. The weeded. Oh, that's good. You guys in your fucking high dollar burp. It is. It's not high dollars. As it's he, like a forty dollar bottle. Takes, $70. It's a seventy dollar bottle. Is it? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't remember. I lost track of how expensive all of my bourbon is. It's not what I meant. I just lost. I just don't know. <laughs> I've got uh, Booker's uh, Kentucky Tea Batch, which I have not touched. I've got like four or five Booker's that have been sitting there for a while. So. 
I had to put a little water in this one. Yeah, those bookers are always pretty those strong. Bookers are they're hot, they're strong, but they're good. They're good. A little bit of a couple dollops of water. Good. I guess you can't. Man, this old elk is so good. I, forgot, right I haven't had this old elk in a while. This is good. Mm. Oh yeah. So I I did something might be kind of stupid. We'll find out in like eight years. <laughs> eight years. Yeah. So my my fortieth for the lesson, my fortieth birthday is uh in September and planning a trip and Jay Bird will be joining on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And in the midst of me doing research and looking, I signed up for some ambassador program with um some account with Maker's Mark. I don't know what it is. And then I got an email yesterday. It was like, Hey, do you want to put your name on a, like a custom barrel? I'm like, Yeah. Sounds like a great thing. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll give you progress reports and it'll be ready in eight years. And I'm like, wait, so I got to buy this whole thing? You got to buy it. <laughs> you get the opportunity to. I did that a long time ago. There's probably one my name on it somewhere that I totally forgot about. Yeah, I, was like, I didn't put any credit card information in, so I think I'm good. But <laughs> apparently I now have a barrel uh, maker's mark. Yeah. Right of refusal. So yeah. I just want to be clear here. I just want to be clear. I know a guy that lives very close to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Doesn't sound like he got an invite on this trip. <laughs> like, literally in his territory. I don't know. <laughs> Is Louisville in your territory? It's very close to it. Okay. Then come on. Labor Day weekend. Never Let's go. Let's go. Like, if only there was a guy that could hook up like some really good golf in that area. I don't know. I don't know if we have time for golf. I don't like golf. I'd rather drink anyways. It's a couple's trip. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening? You can listen to this. <laughs> no hesitation. It's a yeah. couple's trip. I'm out. I don't want to come. I don't want to be there. That was awful. Uh, Sounded good. Now it doesn't sound good. No, I'm like, I'm like man, we golf and bourbon. I can hook this up. We can have a great No, we get we get the wives coming. So you're we're still welcome to come. Labor Day weekend. All right. Tori actually has mentioned wanting to do the Kentucky bourbon trip. Even though she does not drink bourbon, which would be odd. Um, she'll be in every place. Like, do you have a do you have a, a dry white? Yeah, do you have a Chardonnay? No. No, they <laughs> No, she likes unoaked Chardonnay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Even better. They might have some old wine casks, but that's about it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's get into let's get into some golf action. Oh, real fast, real fast. I guess we need to touch on it. Can't say Super Bowl, even though I just did. But uh, the big game. What did you guys make of it? It was a good game. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more scoring just because I'm a slot for scoring. Um, but it was a good game. I mean, everybody likes to fair, score. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it it ended exactly. I shouldn't say exactly, but the like it was very uh, predictable the way that it ended. Like we talked about it earlier, and I, you know, we kind of said that uh, you know I've, I don't see how the Chiefs, if it's close, they don't find a way to get it done. And here we are; they scored at the, in overtime at the end of overtime. Which that whole speaking of the whole. The rules, the rule changes for overtime in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, the clock was weird. It's like, does the clock even matter? Like, and it really didn't. It was all it would have done. Really would, it, it didn't matter. They would have just changed, changed sides of the field. So it was like, why do they even have it going? Like it's, my son yeah. was trying to ask me, he's like, well, if they don't score, the game's over. I'm like, no, they're, they, they can still go until they lose possession of the ball. You know, if they, it's, there's, the clock doesn't really matter, which is like, well, why is it going? I'm like, I can't answer that, son. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me either. The most shocking part was to hear the 49ers players come out and feel like they didn't understand the rules, that it wasn't talked about, that there was um, a lack of discussion surrounding what the playoff rules could be in the Taylor Bowl. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> Shanahan came out on Monday. He had some comments saying that he, no, 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 we've, we've broken it all down and maybe from analytics. Of course he was going to say that. He's like, oh, yeah, we wanted, to, we wanted to get the ball third. You know, we just assumed the both teams were going to score, and then we wanted to have the chance to win. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really like that answer, even if it is true. Like, to, yeah. to, to know what you have to do to have the ball second and know, okay, this is fourth down territory, it really just frees up the, the, the play calling. And yeah, yeah. If that was an actual, I don't know. I don't know what's worse, not knowing the rules or knowing the rules and then making that decision. I, I just don't know. How did the eleven on the field not know him? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Like that—that's the part that's baffling to me. How did the eleven on the field not know him? I mean, look, going back, we're actually going to talk about the game a little bit. Forty ers looked really good early on, and I was surprised to see um, how poor the Chief looked early on. Quite frankly, uh, obviously, we all know what they did in the second half. They came back and played a hell of a football game and won the game. Um, but on the backside of it, it looked early on like the Forty ers were just getting ready to just run all over them. And uh, ultimately, you know, the Chiefs came back and won an overtime. I think Shanahan's a little bit of a choky coach. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it, that's that's you're not the only one that that thinks that he he can't he makes some interesting decisions. You know, the 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 first three possessions of the second half, his they went three and out three straight possessions. It was. Pass, 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 punt. Pass, 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 punt. Pass, run, pass, punt. You're telling me you have Christian McCaffrey and you run him once in nine plays in three possessions? Yeah. Yeah, not good. I I think they they took advantage of uh, Green. Is it Greenlaw? Trey Greenlaw? Yeah. The Achilles. I mean, mean, he was their leader on defense. That's like losing your quarterback on defense. Yeah. So and they they knew that. I mean, you've got you got Andy Reid, one of the smartest coaches in the NFL right now, and you give one of the you give the best quarterback in the NFL and the best the best head coach, offensive coordinator in the NFL, you take away their their quarterback on defense, we're going to expose you. And which they did. It was well, they, they scored 20, 20 plus points in the second half to San Fran's 12. Yeah, well, they I mean, targeted the uh they targeted the backup I saw the stat. I targeted the backup linebacker nine times, completed all nine balls. There you go. I mean, it. It's like that's like a, a script from the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, you know, story. Like they just once you once the chink in the armor, we're gonna keep hammering that same spot over and over and over until you guys just fold up. Yeah. How much do you think Brock Purdy's getting ready to get paid? He, he can't. Three years as a as a, a rookie, you have to you have to stay on the same contract for three years. So next year is his third year, and then he can get paid. 
which it's I, that I still don't understand that. I mean, I know that there's probably some reason for it, but if you if you got a guy who's taken a team to the NFC Championship game twice, and then obviously once the Super Bowl, like that guy deserves to get paid. Like, but the way they've got it set up, nine hundred forty five thousand dollars he makes. That's crazy. $945,000 for a guy who's taken a team to two straight NFC Championship games and a, and one Super Bowl. And granted, he didn't get it done in the Super Bowl, but... But still, I mean, gosh. he was like the last pick in the draft. He was and, Mr. Irrelevant. And the fact that he's done this, it's like, wait a second. You got to figure out a way to get money in this guy's And I, th- right. I thought he played pretty well. I didn't think he played special, but I thought he played pretty well. And I think the Niners win that game against pretty much anyone other than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. and Andy Reid together. That's like, yeah, it's it, uh, it. They're really writing the storybook for: is this the you know is it is it the is it the quarterback? Is it the the coach? Is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? And it's both. It's both. It's, it's very similar to. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't think no. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and ended up winning, but granted, he had some really good players around him, and it and it worked out. But uh, they uh, they both they both need each other, and I think you know you take you take Patrick Mahomes, you know, out of the out of the equation. Does Andy Reid get a Super Bowl before he retires? Probably at least one. Um, and does Patrick Mahomes get a, a Super Bowl without Andy Reid? Probably at least one. But they've. They have three now in the last five years, um, which is pretty incredible. Um, you get the right the right matchup, and now we're looking back at Andy Reid's decision to to tell Alex Smith to you know you know kick him to the curb, you know which was and he and Alex was a good quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was a he was a top draft pick and a good quarterback, but obviously. When you have somebody like that with that talent level, I will say I just I actually watched the the I know the quarterback um, show on Netflix, and it was I don't know if anyone's watched that, but I finally watched it. And you you got three different levels of quarterback, which I and and not just quarterback, but just athlete. And I can you can relate this to any other sport, but you've got Patrick Mahomes, a talented guy in a great system who is just ultra, ultra, uber confident. And it's like, there's no way this guy doesn't find a way to get it done. And then you got Kirk Cousins, does all the right things, checks all the boxes. He is a studyaholic. He does all the everything that you should you would want a quarterback to do. But for some reason, he just doesn't get it done. And it's and you can see it when they when you watch the Netflix show, you can see the anxiety that he has with with the sport. Like it's like he knows his clock is ticking, and he's just like he's just on edge all the time. And you you see uh, McDonald constantly trying to like calm him down. I'm like, that's it. I, I like Kirk Cousins. I like him as a person, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna do it. And that sucks to say that, but I he's not gonna win a Super Bowl when no. before he before he retires. Um, but but like I said, he he does everything right. He scores points. He makes some good throws, but he doesn't make the throw when he needs to make it's it. That and one little thing, it that little bit of confidence, that little bit of edge. Like I can I can do this. I don't care, and nothing's gonna nothing's gonna hold me down. And Mahomes is not as obnoxious as he is. I think he's obnoxious as shit. Like I, that guy drives me absolutely bonkers. Like I can't stand listening to him. I can't stand listening to him talk. Uh, but I totally respect him because he's he's got that co- the confidence level is just through the roof, and he's a talented guy. He's going to win. The guy's going to keep winning. He's probably going to win two or three more. You know, two things, two things. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been LeVar balled by his wife and his brother. <laughs> and you want to like him a lot, but it's like, I, I want to like him more than I like him. But the problem is that his brother and his wife make me like him less. The same way yeah. I felt about all the ball boys coming out when LeVar Ball was trying to launch yeah. a big baller brand and talking, you know, all the smack that he was talking. You didn't buy any of that stuff? No. <laughs> no, I did not. Awful. But on the backside of that, my second point is that it's funny because it's now gotten to the point where people ask you, hey, what do you think about the game, especially this past week? What do you think about the game? What do you, and even, you know, the last two weeks leading up to it. And it's like, you say, I, I've had to on numerous, numerous occasions say, I like Travis Kelsey, not because of Taylor Swift. Like, I like Travis Kelsey and his brother's podcast. I like those guys. I think I could sit down and drink a beer with them. I think they'd be fun to hang out with. He's obviously a really good more than one, but well, on purpose. Yeah. Um, but on the backside, it's like, you now have to have that caveat out there. When you talk about Travis Kelsey, it's like, I I like Travis Kelsey has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I can't stand Travis Kelsey either. I don't like either one of them. They drive me absolutely bonkers. Like I, I can't stand them. I mean, I I think they're Travis Kelsey is an enigma to me because I I watch him play, I watch him run, I watch him jump, and I'm like, this guy is like an average body type, but he just gets open all the time. He's always open. So I know there's a certain element of that that he does. Just there's some plays that are schemed for him to get open, but he obviously is a great tight end. He's going to go down as one of the best tight ends of all time. He just knows he's got a nose for the ball. He knows how to get open. Knows to find. He knows how to find space. Uh, so I'm not discrediting discrediting his talent. He's a he is an incredibly talented guy. He's just too much for me. Like I don't I don't enjoy. I would probably have fun with him one night. We'd have a good time. We'd drink some beers. But like if I had to do that three nights in a row with a guy like that, I'd be like, all right, dude. Come on, man. You can't even fit your head through the door right now. It's so much. And those two feed off of each other, Mahomes and and Kelsey. And I just like it's just too much for me. Um, but like I, I'm I, I don't like, I don't really enjoy them as people listening to them talk, but on the field, they're incredible. I mean, I I'm I I got a lot of respect for how great they are. Uh, just not my cup of tea, but yeah, to yeah, each yeah. their own, right? Uh last thing, anybody win any any anybody win any money gambling on it? I did. I won. I took the Chiefs money line. Okay. I was going to take the Chiefs. I did take the Chiefs, uh, but I took the I won. I took the Chiefs in another little one extra parlay, which didn't hit. But I wanted to take my original bet was the Chiefs, uh, Mahomes uh, over rushing, and it was like twenty seven and a half, and I oh, I changed yeah. it at the last second, and oh. that would hit by a long shot because he got a long thing at sixty six yards rushing. Yeah. I uh I won a little, wasn't anything to write home about. I had a <laughs> Lindy Lindy looks at me after the game was over. She goes, So did you did you win money? I'm like, that's kind of hard to say. She goes, What do you mean it's hard to say? <laughs> I said, Honey, I need a ledger. There's a lot of debits and credits on this thing. I you know, there's bets that I've won, bets I've lost, square pools that I didn't win in. It was, you know, it's a lot going on, honey. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It was fun. That's all I got to say. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. So I'll give you a, a tip. So at the end of the game, I pull out my phone and Tori's sitting there. I was like, Phew. that was a quick 500. So as you're 500, you lost $500 on this game. 
Oh, and I kind of laughed. Like, no, no, no. I only lost 50. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at that point. <laughs> He's got to always have it. I always have whatever I win or lose. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into some golf. Uh, the drunk people open at TPC Scottsdale was this weekend. Unfortunately, a lot of weather issues again on the PJ Tour. Um, some good golf went to a playoff. Not sure how many people saw it since it's, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I had a, I kind of stopped. We had people over, so I was kind of grilling and cooking some things and. I had to kind of catch up on on Monday. I knew who won and what was kind of going on, but some of watching some of the shots and I, I had to catch up on it. But uh, Nick Taylor beats Charlie Hoffman in a playoff, just like everyone predicted was going to happen. <laughs> what? Uh, wow. This is this has been the year of the long shot. Yeah, the year of the long shot. So, what you guys? What you guys make of? Um, We'll get into the scenes in, in Phoenix in a bit, but uh, what did you guys make of, of Nick Taylor's win? I I actually did watch it. I had a second screen up while watching the uh, Super Bowl as well, and I watched the playoff. I will say uh, Nick Taylor, birdie in 18, three times in a row, was incredibly impressive. He made the putt three times in a row. None of them were tap-ins. I mean, they were all good looks. None of them were tap-ins. Um, Charlie Hoffman, I thought, played some really good golf. Um, good to see a resurgence from him. I'm not the biggest Charlie Hoffman fan in the world, but I, I like him more at this point in his career than I did when he had the long hair and just came off like really arrogant. He's hammering the ball. Yeah. For 47 years old, 180 ball speed I saw one time. Yeah. No, he's he's playing some good golf right now. Um, I thought what Nick Taylor did, though, was incredibly impressive. I will say the shot that Charlie Hoffman hit in the on the last playoff hole out of the bunker was something special. Uh, that was a very hard shot to make, and he had a gap wedge in his hand, and we all know how difficult it is to make clean contact. I mean, I think those guys are more apt to it. They do it more often, so it's, you know, it's a little easier for them, but he had to get it up over that cue. He had to get it uh, He had to get it all the way up to the green, and I thought he hit a great shot. Um, ultimately, Nick Taylor making the birdie on 18 to get into the playoff I thought was really clutch, uh, especially from the right rough. Then he hit it over there again and made birdie again on the third playoff hole. Um, it was some good golf. I mean, it really was. Nick Taylor faltered, uh, faltered a little bit on the back nine, um, and then came back and made birdie again in the playoff and ultimately ho- hoisted the trophy. Yeah, that's 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 all. Jay, yeah, Jay, Any, did yeah. You? yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, we were kind of back and forth with the, with the Super Bowl and the playoffs, so I was. I was at my in-laws house and I think I told you Mike we were we had a a crowd of maybe non golf or Super Bowl people so it was tough to coordinate um how the TV we had one TV that I actually moved down to the center of the living room my my father-in-law had an injury on the ski slopes he's 78 years old still doing ski patrol but had had an injury and and hurt his hip and he couldn't walk couldn't move so he's kind of supplanted in his chair so i was kind of moving things around he's a he's a he's a golf and football fan but again we just we didn't have the support to to get all the tvs going and we were a lot of people were moving around but needless to say we watched a lot of the numbers 
Yeah, I didn't have strength in numbers, but we watched a lot of the golf until towards the end when the playoff started. So I was kind of falling on my phone, so I didn't get to see some of the shots. But uh, I did watch Nick Taylor hit a lot of shots, and it it did seem like he just had you know that whole that whole final round. It just seemed like he had a lot of momentum. Like every time I, you know, you know when you're playing well and you just get those breaks. Like every single shot that he hit. Even if it wasn't like a great shot, he seemed to get a, a nice, generous bounce one way or the other, whether it was just kicking back into a, you know, fortuitous lie, you know, out of the first cut or, you know, a, a shot into the green. He just, he never really put himself in any really bad spots. He looked very comfortable out there. Um, you know, and again, he had, he had some, he had some, some big names kind of tracking him down too. I mean, Scotty Scheffler was in the mix for quite a, quite a long time. So, um, you know, he 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 looked really comfortable in the moment. I mean, it, I, we were watching it too, and and a couple of people in the you know in the living room there watching it. Like, who is this guy? I was like, he's a is he a two or three time PJ Tour winner before this? Uh, so three three. This was his fourth before, win. Four, yeah. This. So I was like, and it's it's weird. Like no one even knows this guy, and he's he's a four time winner, um, which is incredible to me. Uh, he just. You know, obviously a really, really good ball striker. Uh, doesn't hit very far. Um, you can see the stats, and he's good around the greens. Um, but this was a good, putted, a good putt up on this week. But it is tail off. Um, yeah, so. it, looking at his stats, the guy was all world this week. Um, number one in strokes gained putting. Number one in strokes gained overall. Um, driving accuracy twenty second. Driving distance thirty sixth. So not the longest player in the field, but certainly not the shortest on the backside of that as well. Um, definitely, he definitely hit it longer this week than he he historically hits it. I think yeah. he. I don't know what it was. If it was just the setting, the weather, or what, but he he definitely drove it much further than he typically drives it. Yeah, he played. Obviously, putted, probably helped. He putted incredibly. Um, but if you have a guy who's tied for second and green the regulation. First in putting, first in putts and greens and regulation. I'm sorry, second in putts per green and regulation and third in total putts. That's going to lead to a win. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gained, he gained almost nine strokes putting for the week and gained over five strokes approach. Or he could be Scotty Scheffler and be, you know, first in every statistical category from tee to green and then just be like the bottom half every week. And just like, it's like he's just beating his head against the wall hey, here and finishing man, second, third, fourth, fifth. This is like, oh my gosh. it It's weird. Like the stroke, it doesn't look, if you really, that they really show a, the close up when they do that kind of ground level view, you can see how he, he kind of lets that heel ride high a little bit, but it doesn't look, it doesn't look yippy. It just I can tell that he's just probably not hitting it super solid and he's just not getting the ball started online. Well so, looking at his stats though, real quick, he was sixth in putts per greener regulation this week. Scotty Scheffler was sixth. Yeah. He was also first in approach to the green and second off the tee. Yeah. Uh, but he lost he lost one point seven seven shots on Sunday, uh putting. Now, overall, he he didn't lose shots putting, which is a Big deal for him to play four rounds and not lose strokes to the field. So obviously he made some improvement. Had he putted, you know, do the math. Had he putted halfway decent and and maybe gained a stroke, he would he would have been right there, you know, in the mix. So on Sunday, yeah, I saw um, his his uh, Olson putters that, that makes his putter put out a video. I don't know if it was this week or last week or when it was, but um, 
they had put some dry erase marker on his face and they were seeing where he was striking the ball. It was very low heel. A lot of heelies, a lot of heel putts. His low heel, a lot. Like it wasn't dead center. Like you see, like Tiger's mark, they'll show his gamer sky that is used forever and it's dead center and it's slightly above the center. And Scott, Scott is nowhere near that. We just need to flatten his putter out, I feel like. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I don't know if he doesn't like the look of it, but let's flatten that thing out. Get the handle up a little bit, too. Like, make him hit it on the toe. Or feel like he's hitting on the toe, but hit it more in the center. Because he hits... I mean, how many putts do you see him hit? Low and on the heel, and he misses them right. Over and over and over. He misses right, misses right, misses right. Okay, let's do something different, which maybe... Maybe they're working on, but like you're right, McLean. I said the exact same thing. I was like, let's get, let's get the, I said, get the, the handle up so he gets the more of the middle of the face with the toe exposed to the ball through the strike, uh, which you could do the same thing by flattening the putter. Um, but like something's got to change. Like he keeps hitting it in the same spot. You can't expect to be a good putter hitting it off the heel every time. Um, and be able to control your distance. If that's the case, then the sweet spot would be on the heel, and it's not. <laughs> it's in the center. <laughs> not there. Not there. Uh, I, I do think he's going to figure it out, though, because it doesn't look – it just looks like a product of bad habit. It doesn't look like a neurological problem, in my opinion. I mean, a little. it looks sometimes looks a little shaky, but everybody can make putts like that. But I think it's just – he's just created a really bad habit. He's just got to change something. Uh, drastically to switch it. I don't love his setup. He he seems tense. Like he seems yeah. like he carries a lot of in his shoulders. The way he kind of holds his shoulders. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It looks uncomfortable. It's just like, ah, dude, relax a little bit. Like Teddy yeah. Scott needs to like go up and just give him a little little shoulder back massage rub. right before he said a little <laughs> back rub right before he walks up to the putt. Like. I'm, I'm sure he is tense because he's he, he's so losing he's losing millions every week from how bad he's putting. So I'm sure he is tense. I mean, if you go back over the last two years, if he were if he were just even with uh, strokes gained, it's like 10 million or 15 million he would have won in like 10 tournaments. So it's like I mean, he could be setting record after record after record. I mean, we haven't seen ball striking like this since early 2000s, Tiger. No joke. Yeah, I mean, it's like 10, 12 feet like, every time. Every time. It's it unbelievable. Like I don't I really don't know how he does it. I'm watching him swing, and his feet are all over the place. Like, it, it is, there was one swing that he made where both his front foot was had slid and was pointing directly at the target, and the back foot had slid, and then it turned, and it was pointing at the target. So... It was like he was walking on a line and both feet, both toes were pointing right at the target. And I'm like, how does this work? I watched how, one. How can you hit the ball that well and have your feet moving like that? I watched one drive. He almost tripped himself. Yeah. <laughs> his, his right foot came up and hit his left foot and he almost fell over. He almost tripped himself. And the ball right in the middle of the fairway. I'm like, what? I mean, there's, I, there's really nothing really graceful or pretty about the swing either. Like, it's not like it's a, a real fluid thing and it it looks clunky i mean the lines look weird but i mean he gets it he gets it started and and he he can control the shape wow it's crazy wow um what else uh as far as the, the phoenix uh Nathan making jordan spieth jt they were kind of up there had decent decent weeks nothing great nothing 
They're both. I think they're both kind of trending in the right direction right now. I mean, they're both playing some good golf. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before one, either one of them wins again. I mean, Jordan Spieth hasn't won in a while. I mean, did he? He didn't win last year. No, it was the year before it. Uh, yeah. So, or did he win? No, did he win last year at RBC? I don't or think he won. Patrick. I think he won think two years ago. Two years ago. So he's been he's been up there quite a bit, and, and and obviously Justin's playing a lot a lot better here the last like five or six weeks. He's been turning it on and 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 getting some good finishes. And you know the the key for him, I think, is and he went back and forth between the putters. He tried the new putter this week and then switched. Um, but even though it was the same model, um, I think when he gets confident on the greens, um, then then you're going to see him. He's going to win. Um, and he's a great iron player and he's his short game is awesome. I mean, we all watch him hit wedges and chip shots and pitch shots, but you know, in the end of the day, if you're if you're driving the ball well and hitting good mid mid to short irons, uh you you need to make putts. Who cares about your know, chipping and putting cuz you're not going to be doing that often. So yeah. um I think for him his it, the things that held him back for that stretch where he was struggling were his driver consistent consistently hitting his driver in play. Um, and then, you know, making putts and he's another guy, like I, you watch him putt the putt, the stroke looks great. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, that's the other part with like putting too. It's just, so there's so many little things that are, you know, mental, uh, parts of putting and, and like, that's, that can get you to get the ball started on your, on your line with the right speed and like, and everyone does it a little bit differently, but you can make a stroke that looks great to the naked eye, but. It's not it's not consistent, especially when the greens are rolling at speeds like that. So if he gets those two things going, which it's moving in the right direction, I, he's yeah. I mean, his numbers running. are good this year. Hell, he's he's seventeenth approach the green this year. He's thirty third off the tee. He's eighth stroke gain total so far this year. Putting is one hundred twenty ninth. He's he's third around the green. So yeah, he's if he just starts making a few. I feel like for him, it's going to be a little confidence too, because he gets that cocky, you know, kind of swagger going. Um, and, and you just don't, you haven't quite see it because he misses a pot on every hole and he kind of walks off, you know, a yeah. um, little upset. But uh, another name here, it was actually good to see uh, Cam Young kind of back up on the leaderboard a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's good. He's kind of one of those young guys again yet to really make his mark here. Um, he still has not won a PGA Tour event, right? I mean, mm -hmm. th this guy, he's been up in, at the top of the leaderboard a lot and still has not won. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would think if you were to ask somebody who watches enough golf and knows who he is, like, oh, yeah, he's got one or two wins. Yeah. No. He's got the best Pauls in the business. Yeah, he does. For sure. I tell you what, he's got his pants are really tight. <laughs> Is it just me or are they like really tight? Really tight. Like they're like, I mean, they're literally almost like like uh spandex. Like, they're not they're like, for sure. I mean, I was just like watching he was standing next to another player that like had normal pants on. And I was like, man, that guy's pants are huge. And I was like, nope, I think Cameron Young's pants are really <laughs> tight. <laughs> I, uh, that's somebody's style. So I, I won't name this this brand. But uh, last year, I had a, a company that was trying to get me to bring some stuff into the golf shop. And they sent me like a, a, a polo, a pullover, a hoodie, 
pair of shorts, a pair of pants. Like they were like throwing stuff at me to try to. And so it was a little bit different and out there. And so I bring it home and I'm trying on these pants and they were tight. <laughs> and Lindy walks in the bedroom. And she goes, what the hell are those? I was like, they're golf pants. She goes, you're never wearing those things. I'm just jealous. He's got the body to actually pull it off. <laughs> True. Put me in those. It looks like a Twinkie stuffed in a Ziploc bag. Like, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, some of these, man. Neat. Hey, yeah, more power to them. If you can wear them, get away with it. Good, good for you. I guess so. Yeah. Good for you. I yeah. like my old elk bourbon. So I'm going to, you know. Gonna drink that here. Uh, all right. So, what about what about the 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 tournament as a whole? It, it made a lot of news. Tons of drunk videos, fights, people falling all over the place. Especially with the mud this this year, they had to close the gates on Saturday. Stop selling alcohol. Popular question: Has the tournament gone too far? Yes. What was that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought I, I wasn't sure if I heard a no in there. All right. Yeah. It's it's too far. It, it it's has, been living on the tough. edge for a while. It's tough for me to say that because I normally love those sort of environments, but like it's gotten out of hand. So and they made the mistake. So I heard that on Saturday they let Friday tickets in as well uh, because Friday was pretty much a washout. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what what were y'all thinking was going to happen? Like what was actually what what did you think the outcome was going to be? Yeah, and then I thought about how pissed I would be if I had a Saturday ticket, but yeah, I had to work and I end up trying to come out there at two o'clock. You're telling me, no, sorry, you're not able to get in. Wait a second, I paid a couple hundred bucks to get into this event. Yeah, and, and you can't get a you can't get a beer. Like, hey, I'm just a normal guy. I want to get I want to have a couple beers and watch golf, and you not can't get a beer. That. You can't even get through the gate. They stop entry. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. Like for the people who are in, like they agree. Yeah. No, it, it it got it got out of hand. I mean, they lost absolute control of the event. Um, I'm all for some of the debauchery and debauchery and having a good time, and um, I'm all for seeing a little bit of rowdiness. I think that's fun. But this has gotten to the point to where, and obviously, I know some people in Scottsdale from my time living out there that it doesn't matter if you like golf; they're going for the party, and it's just yeah. become basically a Miami nightclub at this point. Um, yeah. It's gotten out of control. You don't need to see fights in the stands. You don't need to see people falling off of um, bleachers, falling 20 feet. Um, you don't need to see as many people, which I will say with the golf course, um, being as wet as it was, I don't know how you can necessarily change that other than limiting the amount of alcohol, which I'm also not necessarily a fan of, but you've got to regulate it in some capacity. No, I don't know what that looks like. I did see a video of a waste management bartender who actually said that the reason they cut off the alcohol was because the fire marshal and the Scottsdale Police Department said, all right, we have to put an end to this. It has to be stopped right now. This is, there's too many people in here. We can't control it. We've lost control. So that's why they put a stop to the alcohol. And basically, he sat there for two hours thinking that at some point they would say, all right, guys, you can start serving again. Uh, eventually, they came back and said, we're done for the day. Um, it's over. Uh, and that was around 4 o'clock. So when it gets to that point, and you have that many people inside because basically said we can't police this group of people. You have five hundred thousand people on the golf course currently, and we cannot police this. The line is that what it's seen? 
Yeah, is that so, what it was on seven uh, on Saturday? Five hundred thousand. That's the report I saw. Now, obviously, I'm, yeah, I heard four hundred. I'm basing my facts off of the internet. The internet's never lied. We all know that. Um, well, they but, stopped yeah. kind of keeping track in 2019. I think the last the last time they actually counted it, it was like in the mid 200s or something like that, which was five years ago. So who knows? I and mean, it was it was slam packed. Um, and Mike, you got you got this uh, the stat here from one of a, the group texts we're on. In 2022, the number of arrests uh, at the waste management zero. In 2023, 18. In 2024, 54. In 2022, there were 90 ejection ejections. Uh, in 2023, 102, and then this year, 211. Uh, and then I guess they use their word trespass, going over the ropes, getting into a, a, an area that you're not supposed to be. 14 in 2022, 41 in 23, 73 in 24. So it's obviously escalated escalated every year. Uh, and it, it, I think in 2022, people would argue like that's probably too far. But you know, you had 18 arrests in 20 and last year, and then 54 this year. Like, why are we arrest? We have to arrest people at a golf tournament, like. Uh, I, I think that's, I'm I, like, I've been there. I think it's one of the, the 16th hole is one of the coolest spectacles that there is. And not, not because of just because of the energy and like people cheering and the stadium surrounding, not, to, not for the, you know, the, the over overly drunkenness of, of some people like that doesn't make it fun. Uh, I think it's just having all those people at that hole, I think is really incredible and it gets loud. Like that's what makes it special. And I think, you can still have that and not serve everybody, you know, 15 or 20 drinks. You know, right now, I think the limit uh, in some of the boxes is 10 drinks, which that's a lot of drinks. You know, that's a lot. I mean, I can't remember the last time I had 10 beers in one sitting. Like, I'm, I'd am i fall asleep. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't think they need to shut the tournament down. I think they just need to regulate it just a little bit more. I think you're still going to get plenty of people. It's still going to get rowdy. That just doesn't need to get that rowdy to all of your points. And then now, not only that, but you've got players that are not willing to come back to the tournament That's the because right they're getting they're getting ridiculed, and it's a safety. Like if you're walking too close to the ropes, and you've got a somebody standing there, you know, you know, yelling at you, cussing at you, belittling you, degrading you. Um, you, you can you, people say, "Oh, that happens in every sport." I'm like it does. But you're also 50 to 100 yards away from any player on the field. But in golf, this is the sport that you can get right next to somebody. And it just takes one idiot to just slide under the rope after one bad comment. And one player maybe, you know, chimes back at them just defending themselves. And then they take off. I'm, I'm surprised that we have not seen a player uh, fan like fight. Like I'm I, I really thought that it was going to happen this week. Where especially with the Zach Johnson stuff. Now Zach's not the one who would do that, but you had Billy Horschel going back and forth with some fans. So it's a player safety thing. It's a fan safety thing for the fans that that do want to be there. You can't bring your kids out there. No, no parents are bringing their kids to this event. So like you can eliminate that. Like just think if you live in the Scottsdale Phoenix area and you're like, hey, want to go to the Phoenix, the the Phoenix Open? I'm not bringing my kids out there to that. I mean, I've been, and I think it's fun, but like, I'm not taking my kids to that, like to see all that and to be trampled. Once, bunch once of idiots. Become, once it becomes a problem for the players, once they start voicing um, their opinions on it being a problem, that's when something has to be done. And the yeah. tough part is going to be all the sponsors that are making this 
unreal amount of money off of all of the drink sales. And they're just like, guys, do we really want to change this so much? I mean, they're, they're sitting there because there's a lot of people that made a ton of money this week from it. They're like, this is great. Now, they may look at some things on the opposite side of things and they look at some of the publicity it got. But when they look at it in their pocket, what's their argument really going to be? Uh, yeah. so there, there's like with anything, any decision is going to have a winner and a loser. Um, but they have to get a wrangle on this. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't have that because you don't want to lose what has made that tournament magic. But at the same time, when you have the amount of people that are non-golf fans that have no clue about the, um, the word I'm looking for here, yeah. uh, the etiquette in golf yeah. to understand that when a player is playing, you're quiet. You're not drunkenly yelling at your friend 15 feet away from a guy trying to hit a nine iron from 145. Um, you know, there, there has to be a happy medium. I don't know what that is. Well, you know, again, you throw this up, this extra layer on top of this to where most people are like, okay, if you don't, Zach Johnson, if you don't want to come back here, don't come. And, and all the players, like, if you don't like it, don't come. I'm like, okay, well, if they don't come, then sponsors, you don't have a tournament. You don't make any money. No one's watching. And you can have all these people come in here and, and get drunk, but you don't have the best players, best players playing. And then you, and then the next step is now that the PGA Tour is, you know, mandated certain events to be elevated, elevated events. I don't think this was an elevated event this year. Was it elevated this year? No, it was last year. So now you throw that wrinkle in. If you make it an elevated event again next year, now you're kind of forcing these guys' hands to come play. I'm like, hey, I don't want to be in, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, what am I supposed to do? You want me to come out here and play where I can't play golf? Guys are throwing beers, they're cussing at me, yelling at me, you know ridiculing me while I'm playing golf. I don't want to be a part of this, but you're making me do it. So th- again, now you've got the players union and or, or the players board and the PJ tour. They're going to be fighting about that. Cause I'm sure the guy's like, you know what? This is enough. Enough's enough. I'm not coming back to this event. I'm like, well, it's, it's an elevated event next year. You got to be there. If you take, if you take that week off, you're going to get whatever you get sanctioned and, and you get fined for not being at those events. Not only that, but you have, you're missing on a chance to make a bunch of money. So they got a, they got a little bit of a conundrum and hopefully the PGA tour and the sponsors, the Thunderbirds and the waste management get together and like, Hey, we, w- this is what we have to do to kind of keep this tournament at bay. We got a good thing going. We've had a good thing going for a long time. We just let it get a little out of hand. We got to bring it back. And if that means one year of it not being, uh, you know, a shit show, okay, great. Maybe we can reset and then, you know, maybe build up some of that energy later. But you got to, they got to reset out there. I still think they're going to get plenty of people to come out regardless. But yeah. So Chance Cosby, the uh, tournament director, executive director of Thunderbirds, came out yesterday and said, yeah, they're looking, they're going to make changes. They're going to fix this. And, um, you know what? We're gonna get chance on the podcast. We'll we'll ask him personally. So that sounds great. We'll get him on in the future and we'll 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 ask him personally. But he's Thunderbirds. What's that? Did you say we're gonna get the head of the Thunderbirds on? Yes. You know him? I don't, but I know someone who knows him. This would be a good time to do it. So we'll uh, we'll get him on. We'll ask what their what their plans are and uh, I'd love he's to hear like it. an interesting interesting dude as well. So All right, so some other other PGA Tour news. Uh, it came out kind of part of their equity plan with the SSG. 
I don't know how much I want to spend time on this because there's still way more questions than answers as typical with what's been going on. But right now, there was a memo sent out that they're going to divvy up $930 million. There's going to be four different groups. Players will fall in one of the four, not multiple groups. But for instance, group number one, $750 million in aggregate equity will be granted to 36 players based off career performance, last five-year performance, and player impact program results. So this is the cream of the crop. The Rory's, Scotty's, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, the cream of the crop, the Hovlands, the guys that stuck around that are the best, that are the money makers, but also gives them a little bit of an out for maybe with the, the PIP part that, you know, the more popular players, even if they might not qualify under the career yeah. performance, the last five year performance. Like, like a Ricky Fowler would probably be in that. Correct. Yep. Then you got group two, 75 million aggregate equity will be granted to 64 players based off of uh, last three year performance. You feel like there's a big gap there? No. Okay. Then you got (laughs) 30 million will be granted to 57 players that have earned uh, certain fully exempt PJ Tour status categories. And then group four, which is kind of interesting, $75 million in aggregate equity will be granted to 36 players who were instrumental to building the modern PGA Tour based off career performance. As someone likened it, this is the legacy category, which to me sounds like they're going to give Arnold Palmer's estate money. They're going to give Jack Nicholas money. Well, that's what I was thinking too. Like These are players that are not playing. Yeah, these are guys. It, it I mean, could you be. think like a, an Ernie Els, a VJ Singh. Uh, yeah. These guys that were instrumental in making the PJ Tour what it is now, right? Which, I, you know, I, if you got that Which much I'm money, okay with. I'm okay with. Like, I mean, these guys put their time in, and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, they're not, you know, not playing golf anymore. But I, I, this whole thing just seems, it, it, I, like you said, Mike, we still need to get more information. I mean, I, I'm even reading, you know, read the same article, and they're saying that because of this, you know, this, this grant, or I shouldn't say grant, but in uh, these backers, like there's the PJ tour is still able to keep um, their nonprofit status, you know, their 501 C. I just, I don't, I don't know how that works. I, I don't, I'm sure they are, they're way smarter than I am, but like, I, I, it just seems crazy that they're able to get this much money and distribute it amongst the the players. And, and it seems like a for-profit business, but apparently they're able to keep it in the well, sense that and i don't it's know a, the answer to that but uh, it, you know the pga tour is going to be under the pga tour enterprises umbrella pga tour stays non-profit pga tour enterprises is for profit that's where this money is coming from i don't know how they separate the two it, yeah that's what seems strange to me again i'm not i'm not a tax attorney and and yeah. be able to figure all that stuff out but um, which I know was a big a big part of it um, because b- the nonprofit, the donations. I mean, the the PGA Tour prides themselves on on giving back, and and I I mean, I'm curious to see how that all works. That they're able to keep that together and still have a it's basically like having a sponsor, like a backer, you know, that's saying, hey, we've got this money to help you, but you can still keep your 
nonprofit status, but I also don't get like obviously this these this equity has to be vesting. So there's going to be some sort of vesting schedule to for these guys to earn it. They're not just going to get this cash on day one. But then to have a true equity share in something, you would have to have some sort of market to sell it. Like yeah. If I don't, I don't get how that's going to work. Like, who, who are you selling it to? Like, they're not just going to sell it to me or you, or they're they selling it back to the PJ Tour Enterprises if they wanted to kind of cash out. Can they sell it to other players? But then, what happens with? Yeah, what about a new guy player? that has has his card this year, then loses it, and another new it, guy takes his spot? Exactly. Like, I don't know how that works. Like, did they still like? Are they just granting this based on past past year's performance? Like, this is what you have, and and there's gonna be there's gonna be more money that will keep coming in every year. Like, there's a pool of it. Like, hey, for we've got another two hundred million that comes in this year for any new player that is has earned their card or, or reached, uh, you know, the, the status of any one of those categories, you know, that that's the part that we don't know. So I'm there's an, there's an additional 600 million coming in a hundred million a year for six years after this. Gotcha. And, and but then in. that's, it, it does, but it, it's like, where, where does that go? How is it divvied for new players? You know? So it's like, yeah. Hey, I just got on the PGA Tour this year. I won four times. You know, do, do I am I do I have a, a stake in this in this equity share now because I'm I've, I've supplanted myself as a top tier player and I'm making money and you know I don't you know. know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you would after a certain amount of time, whatever that vesting schedule looks like. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that's what this. There's not this much is, to say on it other than this the, is pretty new. Yeah, the more questions than answers. Still, the richer getting richer. Still, someone show me how this professional golf gets back together and you guys improve the product. Until then, it's just billionaires giving money to millionaires. Awesome. Cool. Yippee. Yeah, the, the, the money side of it doesn't, you know, we've all said this, like you increasing the purse is, it, it, it in a roundabout way, it, the hope is that it, it will attract the players and you can come to some agreement to get everybody playing together. But just for each event, like you raising the purse of this one event is not going to make me watch that tournament more. Like, because it's an elevated event, I'm not like, oh man, this is an elevated event. I'm going to turn this on to watch these guys win an extra, you know, 1.5 million. You turn it on because it attracts the players. You have more players playing in the elevated events and that's why you watch it. Like, I mean, it's, that's simple, simple math. Like I'm not, I don't think there's one person that, that says, Hey, I need to turn on this PJ Tour event. They're playing for three point five million instead of one point five million for the first place. Like what? I what? What? I don't care. Who cares? Like, who cares? You know. But if that creates that that domino effect, where okay, I need to find a way to get back out there, or the PIF and the you know the PJ Tour and their partners need we need to find a way to make it work because of this, then that's a, obviously that's a good thing. Which I I do think at some point it's going to happen, but it's not here yet. Uh, speaking of Piff, did you guys watch Live Vegas this week? Yes, I watched every hole. Watched did every you? Hole. Nice. Yeah. Nope, and I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I watched a little <laughs> too bit. Much, of it. Too much going on. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, DJ is your winner. Team Smash, Smash GC, get the get the team title. Um, I did see Wayne Gretzky taking a bunch of pictures with the trophy. 
that's yeah, that's all I got. Uh, John Ron. John Ron had a really cool shank. That was like really legit shank. I saw that. I saw him yelling at all the fans to turn their phones off while there's music thumping in the background. But that was kind of funny. Um, the golf course looked like complete dog shit. It, Where do they like, play again? What was the course? Las Vegas Country Club. No. I do. I think I still. I'm not giving up on the product yet. I I do think there. I, I again, we've talked about the you know 48 guys, and that's. I do think there's something cool about having everybody on the golf course at the same time. Like not and, for the final round. I don't like it for the final round. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe not. You know, because you're kind of spread out. If, if they don't regroup, they don't regroup for. For the final round to get everybody, they do regroup to get everybody. They do regroup, but together. you don't know what hole is a guy on. And like, wait a minute, what hole does he have left? Like, yeah. And then, like, like I didn't watch much this week, but last week, Sergio is in contention, and he because his group was playing way faster than Rom's group. He only had like one hole to play, but Rom still had three holes to play. And then you're trying to figure out, like, wait, wait, wait a minute, what what holes does he have? And you just lose track of like what's the course, where like what's what's going on here. Um, yeah, there, there's just I, I guess it depends on what you what you enjoy, but there's a lot of action like like right like at the same time. So some people like enjoy like all the action at the same time. Like I, and I guess it's just personal preference, but sure. Like but like coming out to the golf course, I could see where someone's like, "Hey, I'm going to come out. I'm going to get there. They tee off at twelve, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the I'm going to get there at 1030. I'm going to watch them all warm up on the range. I'm going to watch them all hit putts on the green. Um, I'm going to see all the players at the same time. And then I'm going to pick the groups that I want to follow and watch. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying it's different. And it's, there is something to be said for it to like, to have that aspect of it. Um, who are you uh, watching? Yeah, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go see Kevin Nan, Cameron Tringali in in 12 B. Yeah. I mean, today. Not, I mean, obviously not those guys, but if you've got DJ and Sergio and if they're all in contention and they're playing like, yeah, I'd want to, I'd want to watch Brooks. I mean, I'd want to see those guys. Like they're all hitting balls in the range at the same time. You know, there, there is something there. (laughs) There's some merit there. It just still needs some fine tuning, but you're right. I do think it, it can get a little convoluted for some of the fans uh, at the end when I, I do think it's weird where, Let's just say you are in contention and you're finishing on 16 and the, the leaders are finishing on 18. 18 is a harder hole. I'm finishing on 16, an easy par five. You know, there there is something that, that the playing field is not quite, maybe quite the same. I don't know. Um, but, it, you know, the give and the take, you know, what's good, what's bad, you know, it's what's good for the viewer, maybe not good for the player. I don't know. I'm just saying there's something there that's different and they they obviously need to kind of figure it out. But yeah. Uh, what about DJ saying he did not touch a club in the off season? We say barely touched a club in the off season. Or barely, uh, yeah. Not surprised. I, I if the guy comes out and he's playing well, it's hard to argue with. His, sure, I mean he's finished fifth and first now. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like people are people are talking like, hey, these live guys aren't going to try that hard. Well, that doesn't help the case. Doesn't help the case, but it would be worse if I'm sorry they misspelled Kentucky on ESPN. This is fantastic. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I've I'm, seen it too. You see it? You have it on? Yeah. yeah. How K- do they spell it? Kentucky. K e n t c u k y. And no one has picked up on it yet. Kentucky. That's fantastic. Sorry, I just I couldn't I couldn't look past that one. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> D- DJ not trying yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree. And I would say that when we talk to, and we've heard a lot of players say in the offseason on the PJ Tour that they didn't practice a lot. They didn't pick up a club that often. Um, but the PJ Tour schedule is so rigorous that once you get back into it, you're practicing and playing nonstop. Now, Liv's obviously a little bit different than that. We don't know what that looks like for DJ, but ultimately it seems like whatever he did is working. Picking it up or not picking it up, playing a lot, practicing a lot, um, sometimes it's good to take a step away from it. And ultimately it seems like for DJ, just whatever he's doing is working for him, especially monetarily. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got no more on Liv. I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it. I don't know if I were the, if I were those guys, those top top players on that tour, between like Bryson and uh, Brooks and DJ. Rom. I mean, those are the those are the then Rom. Now I keep Cam forgetting Smith. Cam Smith. I mean, you've got these top five or six guys. If it were me, I would I would try to go at it and just say, you know what, I'm going to just try to win every freaking event. You know, like I mean, look, you got Scotty Scheffler doing that on the PJ tour with 156 guys every week for the most part, some of, some of them limited field, but like you, those guys should be finishing the top five to 10 every week. Like, why not? Like if yeah. you, but again, that goes back to like why they even went they're like, they're, they're, they don't care about that. They just want to get, get the cash and be done. But. Well, and did this free I, DJ up? Does this free him up to do what he wants to do? And play golf the way he wants to. He doesn't feel that pressure anymore. Now it's all of a sudden he, he's freed up without feeling that pressure. And all of a sudden now he's just out there free swinging. And it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Not I, don't that that guy, I don't know if that guy ever felt pressure. He didn't feel yeah. pressure when he was on the PGA Tour. He didn't give a shit. The guy went straight through Q school in 2007 or whenever it was and all the way through. And he just – I was going to say something I shouldn't have, so I won't say it. But – I mean, he did his own thing when in his own time and made his way all the way through. And and he's he won on tour every single year. He's on the PJ tour. He won a tournament. No one else could say that during that time. Not Tiger. Not Phil. I mean, the guy was a he was a rock star. Uh, and I don't think that any of that pressure bothered him. I think he just I mean left because he wanted to take the cash and just not have to worry about it. Yeah, and I'm not mad at him. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for it either. I mean, but you just hate, like, yeah, I think in the, in the grand scheme of things as a fan, selfishly, you know, I know we get so caught up in, you know, well, this isn't good for the viewer. This isn't good for the viewer. And I'm like, well, th- those, they're, they're real people. You know, they, you know, you got to respect the, you know, their decisions and, you know, make, I got to make money, make as much money as I can. Um, and some of them just don't, don't like playing professional golf. They don't like to travel. It's not easy. Um, and, and like I said, we selfishly want to watch them and some of them don't care. They're like, Hey man, I I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to do this. I'm good at it. And that's why I did it. But if I could choose not to do it that way, I will do it that way. And and obviously we've seen quite a few, quite a few of them, you know, take that route. 
Um, real fast, we don't want to make a comment other than PJ Tour. Be careful who you're doing business with. Did you see the note? The Saudis threatening prison time for anyone who helps or cooperates with the Senate investigation. Mm, good people you're working with there. Good people. So uh, real fast, before we get to this week and Tiger, Corn Ferry Tour. Two rounds, sub 60. Are they real? It was shot on 6,200 yards at 9,000 feet altitude. So, so I'm seeing 7,200 yards. Where does it say that they dropped it to 6,200 yards? They played two courses. Okay, so the one course that they shot low on was the 6,200-yard course. Yeah. I got you. And yeah, they were in Bogota, Colombia, which is the elevation. 8,700 8, feet or something like that. So you're looking at like 15 to 20% of higher than sea level or so here's i just want to go over so one of the guys was um cristobal del solar and then who was the other guy that shot um he shot 57 and the other guy shot 59 but in, uh, i'm sorry in the grant I'll let you i mean i'll let you find it but in the grand scheme of things obviously we had a playoff two guys at 2200 par but 2200 par with two guys shooting sub 60 doesn't seem that low. I mean, we just yeah, watched. I think the other golf course was really hard. So, this uh, uh, Aldridge Potguider, he finished T20 and he shot a 59. Yeah, well, the course tough. they shot 59 or they shot sub 50 was playing 6,200 yards. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We just, we just, yeah, we we just said that when you got stepped up, but, uh, and it was 9,000 9, feet. But, but it was a it was a pitch and putt. <laughs> I mean, sixty two hundred yards at seven to seventy five eight thousand feet above sea level. I mean, that's like that. Literally, is like playing from. Well, I don't even want to say it, but that's like playing from like the senior or the ladies' tees, which is you know, if you're in the states and you're playing from seventy thousand seven thousand yards, fifty seven hundred yards is like. I mean, it's like playing from fifty seven hundred yards. So that's like junior tees. Here's, the guy shot here's, 57 and par the last three holes, which is just absurd. <laughs> here's so he went, uh, uh, Brentley Romine, one of the reporters for the golf channel, talked to the guy after the round and he went through all his birdies. Hole number one, 383, drove it at 20 yards short of the green, chipped it to a foot, tap and birdie. Hole number three, 348 yards, drove it greenside, uh, lipped out his chip, tapped in for birdie. Hole number five, 298. Hit an iron on the green. Or sorry, hit an iron green side. Chipped it to four feet. Made it for birdie. 392 yards. Drove it 30 yards short of the green. Chipped it to two feet. Number seven, 516 par five. Driver nine iron. Two putt birdie. 364. Birdie. Drove it green side of the <laughs> green side right. Chipped it to eight feet. Made the putt. 330. Drove on the green. Made eagle. Uh, again, I'll go over the rest, but that that's pretty much it. It was like three eighty all day. He was hitting it next to the green, chipping it up, and and tapping it in. Yeah, he now, made four fours, one of which was a birdie. <laughs> Everything else was a three or a two. Yeah. Now this is to say, you still have to get the golf ball in the hole. Shooting low numbers is hard, especially that low. 
but it, we've just we've kind of seen a bunch of low numbers here recently. You you had these two sub sixty. You had Joaquin Neiman sub sixty. Wyndham Clark last week shoots sixty. Uh, Nick Taylor shoots sixty this week. And, man, scoring is crazy. Now, granted, you know the the KFT one was a little. Those two are a little yeah. iffy in my opinion, but uh, Mike, I love the idea of, of us doing and McLean, you can do it too. We can you can video and send some some clips, but Mikey and I were talking about doing like a like a fun, you know, reel of us playing the the red tees or the forward tees. Um and just seeing if we can break 60. Just you know see how low we can go. See how low we can go. Can we can we break 60? Buddy, I, I think that's fun. I myself shooting 75 in the red tees. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sounds better to me. Than that. <laughs> Actually, that would be enjoyable to watch. The viewers would love it. They would. I'd all have broken every club in my bag. I'd be so mad. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather shoot, you know, hockey sticks from the back tees than shoot seventy five from the one up because I'm going to get pissed off because my chipping sucks right now. And now no, we're, not, we're not talking one up. We're talking all the way up, like forward tees. Like. Yeah, yeah. Which means I'm going to be chipping a lot. I'd rather than chip from just off the green right now. <laughs> That's great. Go see Joe Mayo. Go see Joe Mayo. Lean that shaft, buddy. I would have Go to see Joe Mayo. I'd have to bring ten degrees down. Ten degrees down. Can you hit ten degrees down? Five. I'm not saying. I never said. I never said that you have to do it this way. I'm just saying that it's a good way to do it. I would get a bag of backup lob ones to get through that entire round. <laughs> Snap. Uh, How old right, is Joe get... Mayo? How old is Joe Mayo? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, I know he's got one eye, so he has to Uber to the course. Yeah, I don't he can't drive. He can't drive. No, he doesn't drive. Oh. Uh, uh, I, have, I, have no I thought idea. he was older than he I thought he was older than he was, but I think he's young. He's a little younger. He's got white hair, so that threw me off, but Trackman Maestro. Trackman Maestro, yeah. Revitalized here in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. I have some footage I need to watch of a forum he was on with Parker McLaughlin and a bunch of guys got into it. I, I saw that. They that was that was good stuff. Well, we're gonna I'm gonna stay on Parker. We we kind of went back and forth. We tried to get a date together. And if you guys don't follow Parker on short game chef, you should. He's he's a inc- he, he does have an incredible short game. N- nothing against uh, Joe Mayo. Obviously, he he helped Victor Hovland, but Parker is uh, he's a PJ Tour winner. I mean, this guy's been on the been on tour. He's watched you know incredible golfers play and incredible golfers chip and pitch, and he knows what works under pressure. He's seen it, and I think he is of the opinion uh, that. Yes, there's some merit to what Joe Mayo is saying, but there's some validity to hitting down and and getting better contact. But it's not the end all be all. There's it's it's it. There's different there's different uh, different strokes for for different situations and and yeah. So, um, but I'll I'll hammer down on him a little later, and we'll get him back on to to talk. And we just couldn't get the couldn't get the dates to work because he's lives in Hawaii and you know Arizona. He goes back and forth so. We were trying to coordinate, but we'll get it. We'll get it to work. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Sorry, sorry, Parker. Sorry that you have to live in Hawaii and and Scottsdale. 
Yeah, in winters and summers somewhere. That's incredible. Or if he's in Arizona and Hawaii, he just summers and summers. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I used to summer and summer. All right. So we had some more big news yesterday. Tiger Woods is back. Well, he announced that last week. That he's coming back. He's playing this week at Genesis. We'll get to his game here in a second. But the other big news, he has launched his new clothing line in partnership with TaylorMade, Sunday Red. Jay, thoughts? Um, I want to see more of the gear. Like, I want to see more of the apparel. Right now, red's not my favorite color. color. So, <laughs> you know, I I just want to see more of what it looks like. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be awesome and classy and it's going to look good. Um, I just want to see it all, you know, unveiled and, and see what the full gamut is, you know, of what they're trying to offer. I'm sure it's going to, like, if Tiger's going to, to put his name and stamp on it. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, and I'm, I guarantee that I'm going to buy some of the, some of the gear, but, uh, I, I just want to see, I just want to see more of it. Uh, I, we just, I saw him wearing some stone colored pants and, a you know, a shirt and, and his new shoes, which I, I kind of got a, it looks like he's got the kind of the Jordan elephant print on the back of the uh, back of the shoes. Um, from what I could tell, the soles look a little thicker, like, um, which maybe means like there it's more of a stability piece, you know, which I would imagine he's trying to go after given all the injuries and, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I want to see the whole line. I would just want to, I want to go online and be able to look at it and be like, Oh, I love this piece. I love this piece. And, um, the, the, I love really the, it till May. We won't really see till May. We'll just we're just going to see whatever Tiger's wearing. So, um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it looked good on him. I mean, nothing crazy. It looked a little bit more casual, not as not as uh, lifestyle, more lifestyle brand, not as uh, athletic. Like obviously, it was it was a little bit of a spin off of what he would wear with Nike. I would say. Um. So yeah, uh, so yeah. There, there, there's. I mean, they've, they put out, what, like three shirts, a couple different hoodies, jacket. There's really not much. You saw what you'll see probably more this weekend. You'll just be able to see what he's wearing. will be more of the unveiling than what they did last night. Um, yeah, I think it will be pretty, pretty clean. I don't think Tiger's going to get too crazy. He never has in his career. Um, um, at least on the golf course. He's got some suspect uh, fashion decisions. At like red carpets and stuff, but on the golf course, he's kept it all very, very simple. A lot of solids, that kind of stuff. That yeah, tan, not a whole lot of crazy patterns. That tan cashmere hoodie looks sweet. Is money? I, I'm going to yeah, need one of those. Sweet. But I, yeah, I didn't realize it was cashmere until I saw the, the clip of him talking about it, and I was like, maybe it won't get it because it's three hundred dollar yeah. hoodie. <laughs> but if it wasn't cashmere, Tiger, if you want to come out with one that's not. Then, yeah. then maybe I'll pick it up. But yeah, like a four hundred fifty dollar cashmere hoodie. Just I uh, I, I want to see. I'll be honest. I want to see the logo like in action a little bit more and see how it looks. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the lettering above the logo. Um, but 
I think the logo itself could be really cool and I can, and it can build some clout. The lettering, uh, I think it can probably get rid of it. That's just my opinion. Um, but so, I think that the logo could be could be pretty cool. Obviously, it sounds like the logo has 15 stripes, yeah, right, yeah. for the 15 majors, which has got some significance, which is cool. Um, so it, yeah, I think I, with a logo, it, like if you can tell a story with a logo, that's that makes it cool. Because now – if you start to depict why you did what you did and people start to pay attention to it. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. Brand recognition. Why am I looking at this logo? Oh, is it, does it have 15 stripes? Oh, wow. That's cool. Now, now I understand why they did it. So it's not just some, some person in the marketing department saying, Oh, cool. You, your, your name's tiger. Let's make this, you know, this colorless tiger logo and everyone's going to love it, but it's got, it's got a story, which is cool. Yeah, I I like the logo. Although someone said, and it kind of looks, it re- resembles the Slazenger logo a little bit. Mm. Uh, I just don't want it to be too big, and it's got to be used subtle. If the branding sure. gets too overdone, then it can be a little much. It looks great on like the gloves and the ball markers. The the head covers are going to come out with the hats. I like it there. I don't know if I want a big like tiger on the chest kind of thing. Yeah. Um, did you hear that somebody said that if you turn this, this is silly. I don't think, I don't really see this, but if you turn the logo vertical, like uh, 45 degrees, it it's supposed to, this can't be right. It's supposed to depict the vertebrae and the fusion that he had on his back. I no, heard like three or four, no. I've heard three or four people say that. And I'm like, this, that's silly. Um, that's silly. that's just, it yeah, is, that's it's super silly. But I like I looked at it, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that's I've heard that a couple of times now. I I also I'm gonna nitpick. Again, you know me, I tell it like it is. I don't I don't love the name or that it's three words, not two words. But so what what was so they they gave the recommendation or not recommendation, but they gave their opinion or of why it's the Sunday is split up. And it was like, I guess Tiger said, son, he likes to split that sun up because son, he likes to be outside and be in like, they gave a pretty generic, uh, a a generic reason for that. Like, I I don't, I don't really understand why, why, why that was. I don't know, Mike, did you, did you hear any? Yeah, I didn't really quite get it. Then it, it was almost like they were reaching, like they were stretching. Like it's like, okay, Sunday red. Like everyone's heard you say Sunday red forever, but like we don't need to, yeah, we don't need to break the word down into two parts. Um, I don't, I did I, love, I, I did love some of the, uh, you had to like zoom in on, I saw some pictures of like the mannequins they had set up at the event. Some of like this, I don't think they were golf shoes, but some of like the sneakers kind of street lifestyle shoes looks pretty badass. I will say, sweet. Yeah. I mean, I can believe that Tiger's. If he's going to put his name on it, he's going to make sure that it's 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 cool for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he's been with Nike for t- whatever twenty five years now. More no, like Jesus, almost not quite thirty years, just shy of thirty years. He was oh, with yeah, Nike. Twenty seven. So, yeah, so I mean, he he understands, you know, what a the the best athletic brand in the in the world does so yeah. if you're going to mimic that and, and bring some lifestyle shoes in that you know what know what they should look like 
Yeah. All right. So what do, what do we what do we expect from Tiger golf wise this week? Uh, if he makes the cut, which is, there is a cut, I know there's, there's only, only seventy a... players with the, it's the top fifty and or anyone within ten of the lead. Which is whatever. I, yeah. I, every every week is different. And yeah. in back in the day, it was like uh, twenty years ago it was 156 players, maybe 144, and they cut to 70 in ties every week. And and now it changes every single week. There's different. I, 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 it's hard to keep track of it. Um, but anyway, to your point, I think uh, I think if he makes the cut, that will be that'll that will be a good thing for him and for yeah. for golf. If yeah, he makes he the cut. Four, four competitive reps in four rounds under his belt. We can get to see him on the weekend, get some ratings, you know, um, more eyeballs again. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good thing. I, I, it's a tough golf course, you know, Hey, he doesn't play. He doesn't play this. This is, this is the golf course that he has played the worst at. I know it's, I know it's the first tournament that he ever played. Was it 1994? Yeah. 1994 was his first. No, maybe it was earlier than that. I think. I think 94. No, that sounds right. 94 was his. It, this was his first PJ Tour event as an amateur, the LA Open. Um, but he has never played great here. Never. I mean, you can pull up the you can pull up the numbers and the stats. I mean, he just he's never it never had a great finish here. Um, so I, I don't see why this would change. Um, given the circumstances coming back after a, you know, a year, um, of not playing, I mean, I, I'm looking back. I mean, he's only played in this four times as a pro and his best finish is 15th in 2019. So I know he's been hosting it quite a bit over the last couple of years and has only played in it twice since hosting, or, um, I, I guess he was hosting in 2018. Maybe that's probably why he played. But he's, you know, not, you know, hasn't played well here. I don't think that's going to change <laughs> coming off of, you know, coming off of all the the issues and the injuries and just getting back into the mix. Like, if he makes the cut, that that'll be a success. Yep, I agree. I think best case scenario, he finishes like fiftieth, forty forty something. Yeah, I think if he, I think a real good week is he can creep into the like top 40 right so t t36 t37 i think that's a real successful week something like that no that would be huge that would that would i mean he beat a that would mean that means he'd he would have the fields out of good players yeah mclean any thoughts on tiger's golf game i'm hoping we see him go out there and be competitive my hopes are that not only does he make the cut but he gives us some hope to see what his game could look like in the future. I think this is a guy who has been practicing. I don't think any of us have any questions to the fact of whether or not he's been hitting balls, he's been practicing. The biggest concern is, does his body hold up walking 72 holes on this golf course? You know, Riv is one of the flatter courses out there. It's kind of down in a valley. So, you know, he's not having to traverse the hills that he would at a Torrey Pines. But if he's able to walk 72 holes and play some decent golf, I think it opens up the door to see him more this year. And I think this is for him kind of a, a big test as much as it is anything. It's not as much. None of us doubt his golfing ability. You put the guy yeah. in a club right now and he's probably competitive anywhere he tees it up. Can he walk 72 holes and remain competitive on a golf course? 
I mean, we saw glimpses of it last year at the Masters, where through 36 holes, he was playing good golf. He was not necessarily in contention, but he was in the hunt. The tournament wasn't curated. He was there. Um, So now we look back on it and say, all right, can the guy walk 72 holes and remain competitive? And we know the skills there. We know the talents there. He's the greatest player that ever lived. He just launched the greatest apparel company on the planet. Um, This is something where we all want to see him play well. Everyone is rooting for him. Everyone knows that he's the needle. And if he goes out and has a good week, there's no telling what we can see. We don't know what shape his body is in when it comes to walking a 72-hole event. Not to mention that you walk a couple of rounds before that event. So when we look at it for the week, the guy's walking well over 100 holes. And is he able to maintain that? Um, he's the greatest golfer that ever lived. The guy's unbelievable. Got the best clubs, the best apparel. Um, can he go out and ultimately um, perform the way we used to? And the bad part, the tough part is that we're always going to relate him to the guy he used to be. And it's an unfair, yeah. uh, it's an yeah. unfair um, analogy to make. But on the backside of that, we just want to see him play the game. We want to see him tee it up. If he's able to go out there and be competitive to a certain degree, that's all we can ask at this point, and that's what we're looking for. I know Tiger believes he can win or he wouldn't tee it up, and I think if he is physically able to traverse the golf course, he does have the ability to win. And My hopes are that we watch him hoist a couple more trophies before he jumps in that cart on the PGA Tour champions when we know he's going to hoist a bunch of trophies. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, did you anybody pick them in their DraftKings? Let's get to that. Let's get to our DraftKings this week. McLean, you won. Yep, I picked Tiger for all six of my picks. Oh wow, they let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> what's our what's what's the uh, what's the two point total for the year? McLean um, has the lead now at nineteen. What? Yeah, how? One McLean's last one. Yeah. What's that? I won the last two weeks, buddy. I won the first two weeks. McLean's has three wins. And you just came in last. I won the week that you didn't submit a lineup. Yeah, that was null and void. That was just for shits and giggles for you guys. That's bullshit. You know it is. You know, no, it's, it's not. I was out of the country. It wouldn't let me. My app wouldn't let me pick a team. That Damn. sounds like an. That sounds like an excuse. Winners find a way to win. Losers find a way to lose. <laughs> hey, up until this week, Jay, I was on your side of this bet. Now I'm in first place, and I got to take Mikey's side. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nineteen, seventeen, and nine. Nineteen, seventeen, and nine. Okay, okay. So. All right. Uh, top of the round, I got Patrick Cantlay, 9,300. Um, California boy, I expect to play well here. He's played well here in the past. Um, 9,100, one of the top players in the world, Mr. Justin Thomas, just destined to put another trophy on the mantle. Uh, moving down from there, I've got Sahith Thigala, guy who just continues to play well and put himself in contention. Um, Nikolai Hogard, 7,800. Not really a dark horse pick, but a guy that's a good value pick this week. He's been playing good golf. Um, below that, Chris Kirk, 7,500. 
Uh, again, a guy who's just playing solid golf. And then I think one of the best value picks, Hideki Matsuyama at 7,400. Um, the guy's just comfortable playing anywhere, and he's a ball striker to the eighth degree. I think you can count on him to make the cut and uh, post four rounds. So there you go. All right. Quick. I love it. Thanks. All right. I came in second, so I'll go. Why didn't Jay go in? Because I came in second last week. Oh, Jay finished last. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so my five, or sorry, my six picks, most you of them have. Mother. <laughs> most of these guys have great track records here. Um, they're all playing well. They all have games that can fit. So 6,900, the first guy. Emiliano Grillo doesn't have the best track record here, but is playing really well, and his game Wait. should fit this place perfect. So I think he has a breakout week here uh, at Riv. Then I go up to uh, Hideki Matsuyama, just like you, McLean. Uh, again, perfect game. Has played well here in the past. His game's starting to trend. I picked him last week. I'm going to pick him again this week. And again, great value at 7,400. Then I'm going to go up to another guy who... Uh, played well last week. Loves this golf course. I think he's won here twice. 8,200, Adam Scott. Then I'm going to go up to um, kind of my three horses. 8,800, Tommy Fleetwood. is just going to ball strike his way around this place. He has a win over in Dubai this year, so he's feeling good about his game. Then I'm going to go to... Pick him again this week. I'm going to just keep picking him till he wins. JT, 9,100. Justin Thomas loves this place, plays it well. His game's awesome, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, I love him. And then I go up to 9,500. Another guy who this game, this course fits you perfect. Love this guy. He loves it. Colin Morikawa. Love this guy. This is your favorite. This is your, this is your man. PGA Tour crush. I have a lot of man crushes on the PGA Tour, in all honesty. JT, Homa, Spieth, Morikawa. Love Fleetwood. I love Rory. So those are just a lot of staples there. Look ahead. Would you put Spieth above JT or would JT above, above Spieth? Uh, Spieth above JT. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you've got that sense about you. That's good. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, we, we've got a lot of overlaying players here. So um, I'll start from the bottom because this is a player that you guys did not pick. Mr. Luke List, 6600 bucks, oh, made 10 of, 10 of 11 cuts. Um, he's got uh, he's got a decent track re record here. N nothing incredible, but uh, outside of the, the chaos that was the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he made you know almost 10 cuts in a row. Uh, and playing some good golf, uh, and, and finished 29th here last year. So, uh, kudos to Luke and at 6,600 bucks, that's that's worth it. Um, then I jump up to um, Will Zalatoris, 7,900 bucks. This guy's trending. This this guy is a top a top player. I mean, we we've seen it. Obviously, he's coming off of a back surgery, so he's he's getting things together. But finished 13th at the Farmers. 34th at the American Express. So he this guy is 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 primed and ready. If he's confident, he's ready to get in contention. Like I think he's a and he finished fourth here last year before he uh 
you know, had to bow out 26th the year prior and then 15th the year before that. So I, I do think he likes this golf course. And if he's trending in that direction, which it sounds like he is, I think he's a, a great pick. I like Will, uh, but he couldn't cut it in the ocean. That's okay. He doesn't need to. Uh, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like, uh, you don't really need to at this golf course. The, the 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 greens are so bad, everyone putts bad. So it's 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 similar to what Scotty Scheffler does. It's like just ball strike everybody to death. Um, and then I jump up to Adam Scott, uh, which you guys all mentioned for the same reasons. Uh, I finished eighth at the the Waste Management, twentieth at the Pe- at Pebble. I mean, he's 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 been playing some good golf. And again, this is this golf course is set for for great ball strikers, and he's got a a pretty decent track record here as well. Um, looking back, he's finished, you know, last year, not so great 65th, but fourth the year before he won in 2020, seventh in 2019, second in 2016. So he, he knows the golf course and, and, and he can play well there. Um, so, and then I move up to Cam Young, who we've talked about. I think he's primed to, to play some good golf and to win. I don't know if it's going to be this event, but probably, I think he probably is going to win. I think the guy's is is playing uh-huh. some good golf. Watching him play, I just it's like every time I watch him play, it's like he's just right on the cusp. And if he, I don't know what's going on internally with him mentally, but if if he can just get over the hump, and if he can get through like a tough golf course like this or a um, a golf course that's got some history and and give him some 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 confidence, then then the sky's the limit for this guy. So I, I'm I. Do think he's going to play well, and I hope that he wins. But if he doesn't, I think uh, either way, he's going to have a great week. Um, and then I move up to um, your boys, or you, your all of your your all of you guys. You love this guy. I just think he's a good player, um, but I do think he's playing well. And I do, I do think at some point he's going to win. And I think this is the week that he finally does get it done. So all three of us on JT this week. Uh, yes, I do think that JT is going to get it done. So it, it's kind of a, 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 a moot point there, but a 9,100 bucks. Like it, it's too, it's too low based on the number of points, or I should say the, the, the fan, the DraftKings points that he accumulates based on his, on his dollar value is too low. I think he's playing too good. He's playing too good. Even if he doesn't win, if he finishes top five again, like at ninety one hundred bucks, top five, that's a home run. So I think you you got to pick him. I'm going to put him in. I'm actually going all in this week. I'm hammering down on GPP, and I'm I'm going all in. And he's going to be in a ton of my lineups because I think he does play well again this week. Um, so anyway. Uh, and then I move up to the my top guy, not much higher than than JT Patrick Cantlay. He is the uh, he's now become the villain of the PGA Tour. Uh, I feel like everyone hates this guy, um, but he's good, <laughs> and he's good, and he loves his California golf courses. I mean, the guy has only finished outside of the top twenty once in the last six years, so. I mean, I wouldn't see that changing a whole lot here. He's played, you know, for the most part, pretty solid golf. He had a couple mediocre finishes at the Farmers and the American Express, but prior to that, you know, fifth at the Tour Championship last year and 12th at the Century and, you know, so forth. So we'll go down the line. But 
Uh, again, my goal with these is just to get a get a solid lineup that can can play golf and 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 kind of have a, have a chance to finish in the top ten, top fifteen. If you can do that, then you'll crush claim. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I like a lot of your team. I've I've actually thought about every one of those guys, and if I don't have them in this, I have them in something else. So mm-hmm. even even Luke List. So mm-hmm. this is, this was a tough one. I mean, obviously because the field's so strong, so there's so many good players. Uh, but it seems like there's a lot of guys with good track records. I mean, yeah, Hovland's got a good track record. Xander's got a good track record. Homo's got a good track record. You think it would fit a a Fitzpatrick or an Aberg or obviously obviously Scotty and Rory. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, this is this is a tough one to pick because given the given also the way that they've changed the field and how it's there's only you know 15 guys are only going to miss the cut that's the other part you know yeah so yeah so all right cool yeah i'm excited about this week i love this week It'll this be, is a uh, fun tournament this has got yeah, a lot Rips, of Rips an awesome golf course to watch this course makes you want to get out and play golf yeah i don't know what it is about it it's just like it's LA. They're playing. Playing. It's always green. It looks good. And you're like, ah, I want to go play golf watching this. And then I'll look outside and it's raining and it's 45. And I'm like, ah, I'll just wait for 30 mile an hour winds today. Yeah, I'll wait for another month and then I'll get out there. <laughs> so, all right, gents. That was fun. That was a pleasure. Uh, thank you as always to our listeners. And we'll be back uh, next week. Cheers. 